Amen. Church, you may take your seats this morning. So we have been in um, our new teaching series. And as you know, between kind of September and November time, um, we were looking at the theme of spiritual foundations, the kind of brickwork that we need to put into our lives, the Christian basics that we can build our lives upon. But in this new series, we want to go further than just the foundations of our faith, don't we? You see, God sees something in you. God sees something in our church, and he just doesn't want to leave us at the foundations, but rather he wants to build us into the people he sees us becoming. God wants us to become all that he has created us to be through Jesus. In fact, God wants us to be the church he has called us to be. And that is really the question of our series. How do we get built up? How do we become all that God sees in you in me, and in our church. And so as part of that, we've been reading our core scripture every week. It comes from Peter, and it says this. Are you ready? We're going to read this together if you're comfortable. So, all together, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And it's this idea, church, that God has a plan. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for our church collectively at Carrick Nazarene. And we want to be built up into the spiritual people and the spiritual house he's called us to be. Amen? So this morning, you know, we've been looking at different uh, themes throughout the weeks. We've looked at what it means to be a worshiping people, a worshiping church. We've looked at what it means to be, I forgot what it was last week. Can anybody remind me? A rested church. Thank you, Sabbath. Somebody was listening. Uh, We were looked at being a Sabbath church and being a rested people in a busy world. And this week, we want to look at the theme of generosity. What does it mean to be a generous people? What does it mean to be the generous people of God? And you know, church, generosity is one of those themes where it can either make our heart leap for joy or we think, Lord, not today. Please, not today. It's one of those themes that if you brought someone to church for the first time, you're going to the pastor, right? Do you remember in September, I got up and said, you know, this morning's theme is hell and eternal judgment, and you went, thanks, right? You know, and you're thinking, what a great theme to go with today. But you know, church, I really want to expand our our understanding of of what generosity is today. Because usually when we hear the word, it usually goes to uh, one or two things that we might have experienced in generosity before. But when we talk about generosity today, church, I want us to think of three things. How we give our time, how we give our talents, and how we give our treasures, which just means the finances or resources that God has given us. And how do we step into the generosity as individuals and as the church that God has called us to be? And I hope, church, that as we go over this message this morning, we would be encouraged and awakened, that we would be challenged yet comforted as we open God's word this morning. So we're going to begin by looking at the what, 
the why, the where, and the who of generosity. So what's generosity all about? What does the Bible have to say as the people of God about what generosity actually is? So if you go to Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44, um, there's this moment where Jesus and the disciples are sitting in the temple, and there's this moment that many of us may be familiar with, and we see a, a glimpse, a moment of generosity. It goes like this. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given me more than all the others who are making contributions. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if I had been there, I would have went, my Lord, I only got to be at Mass GCSE, but that's not how it works, right? The more you give, that actually means more. That's, that's the greater amount, right? But that's not what Jesus is saying here. It's a bit confusing. How could the two coins be worth more in God's eyes than the amount that everybody else was giving? And this is what Jesus says in the next verse. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. See, church, generosity is not measured by the amount we give but by the sacrifice we make. And I don't know about you, there can be many moments in our lives where maybe there's a season, and whether it's our time, our talents, or our treasure, it can feel like we're given the equivalent of two copper coins and going, God, what good is this? And all of a sudden, as the people of God, feelings of, of guilt and, and I'm not enough can come rushing in, and it almost feels like generosity is beyond us. What the Lord is saying here is that everybody else in that room was counting the coins. Jesus was counting the cost. And what this means is this, church, there is no sacrifice we make that God doesn't see. We might feel that our sacrifice to him, we might feel that our generosity may not be much in the world's eyes sometimes, but in God's eyes, it's quite literally worth its weight in gold. There is no sacrifice, church, that you can make that God doesn't see this morning. Be encouraged. You know, my wee granny, well, great granny, Granny Lily, she had this um, routine that she would do that when she was going to pick up her pension, um, she had a wee purse, and as everybody had cash in those days. And when she got the pension in, she would open the front of her purse, and she would lift out a portion of her pension, should put it in the front of her purse and say, that's the Lord's money, right? Now, for my wee granny, hardworking wee woman from East Belfast did not have much to her name. But you know, see what was ever in the front of that purse? May have only been a couple of pound in the economy of the United Kingdom. But in the economy of God's kingdom, it could have been worth a million. See, church, it's not the amount that we give of our time our talents, or our treasure. It's the sacrifice that we're willing to hand over to the Lord. Church, your sacrifice, your generosity matters to God, even if you don't feel like it does, even if there's been times where you're thinking a wee bit like the, the boy with the two loaves, the two fish and the five loaves. You might think, not enough of you caught on that there, but we might think, what good is that? But church, see, when we give our lives to the Lord sacrificially, it has kingdom impact. 
it goes further than we ever imagined or dreamed. Don't underestimate your generosity of heart to the Lord. The second is this, the why of generosity. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he says this in 2 Corinthians, writing to them, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide each in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And here the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and what he's trying to say is that that, that generosity doesn't come from a place of pressure. Generosity comes from a place of the heart, right? And we would never want to find ourselves in the position where we feel like we're giving to the Lord of our, our time, our talents, our treasure from a place of, I have to, but rather it's a place of, no, I, I want to. You see, what Paul talks about in this passage, and we don't have time to get into it all this morning, he talks about grace giving, which means freely you have received, freely we give, right? In other words, he's encouraging the church in Corinth to say, you have had such an incredible encounter with the grace of God. God bless you. You're now giving gracefully and freely. See, grace giving church is the difference between I have to and I get to. Grace giving is the difference between I'm feeling pressure to, Lord, what do you want me to give? Never mind anybody else. Lord, what does your heart say this morning? And I think that advice from the Apostle Paul is so practical. He says, talk to the Lord about it. Work it out between you and the Lord what he's asking you to give into his kingdom, be it your time, your talent, or your treasure. Generosity is not about pressure. It's about grace. And so if you're here this morning, and even the word generosity begins to put this weight on your shoulders, please know that's not from the Lord. Because what were we talking about last week? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So generosity, church, comes from a place of grace and saying, Lord, you have freely given to us and now I freely give to you. Here's the next part. It is the where of generosity. So, Uh, Malachi 3 and 10, and this is used a lot when we we talk about generosity in the local church. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. And we'll just keep that verse there for now, guys. You know, in the the church of the Nazarene Manual, it, it talks about storehouse giving, and it comes from this Old Testament and New Testament principle that our generosity can be steered toward the house of God and toward God's people, right? And as someone who grew up in the church, I I completely get what the Scripture is talking about there, but if you're not, the idea of God's people and God's house being a storehouse means it's to be a place of blessing, a place of blessing for God's people, a place of blessing for anyone who comes over our doors, and a place of blessing for people far from God, right? But for the church to be a storehouse, it has to be a house of generosity, right? And so what the Lord is encouraging his people to do is that as you give of yourself, as you live out a a generous lifestyle with a generous heart, my blessing rests on that, and it multiplies things that we never thought was possible. 
bring the whole tithe, in other words, bring your whole generosity into the house of God. And church, I just want to, I just want to commend something and, and, and say something this morning. Um, I don't know if I've ever been in a church as, as generous as Carrick Nazarene. I mean, the, the heart that, that the church carries is beautiful and it is breathtaking and it is amazing. But I know your heart isn't so that the door above the name of the church gets the glory. Sure, it's not. I know your heart is that the king and his kingdom gets the glory. But I just want to commend your generous heart for, for, for continued giving of your time, your treasure, and your talent to the house of God. Because church, what builds the house of God is the generosity of God's people. And we're gonna look into that a wee bit more. Where we give our generosity is important. And the Lord is saying, pour out your generosity into my house. Pour out your generosity into my people. And watch me bless you so much that you cannot contain it. Next is the who of generosity. Um, Actually, do you know what? I'm going I'm to pause there for a wee second and go back to the where of generosity. Um, what I want to do for a wee second this morning, because we have a bit of time, is, is to share a wee bit about my testimony um, in terms of giving into the house of God. Is that okay? Is that all right if I tell a wee bit about my story? So it might surprise you that as a pastor's son and a now pastor, I was not interested at all in generosity, right? As a young man, couldn't have cared less, Right? That was just the way I was. Carefree student, whatever you have, right? And as, as we grew up in the house of God and, and we, were, we were taught really well in tithing, I don't know about you, but when I used to get my, my, my pocket money when I was wee, say it was a fiver and uh, 1050p coins, it was you got three for you, or sorry, three pound for you, one to give away, and one for the Lord, right? Was anybody else taught that way, right? And that's the kind of the teaching we got when we were younger, that, that what we, the first fruits of what we have, the first fruits of what God gives us belongs to him, right? So that's where the, the teaching about tithing comes in too, that our first 10%, it belongs to the Lord, and so we, we release it to him. But I wasn't always into that, to be honest, and I wasn't into generous giving at all. I thought, nah, I'm okay. And to be honest, church, as a young man, and this is part of my testimony, the Lord really began to convict me on a personal level, okay? So I'm not putting on anything. Not putting anything onto anybody this morning, just telling you my story. And over a period of weeks and months, I began, began to feel the Lord begin to challenge me about the whole area of, of generosity, time, talents, and treasure. See, there was a point where I thought just because I was given to the Lord in, in particular areas of my life that I thought I was being generous, right? And I was talking, about Chloe, talking to Chloe about this during the week, and I can't remember for the life of me who said this? I don't know if it was a conference or a pastor, but I remember someone saying, it's only generous if it costs you something. And that cut me to the heart, church. And I realized, I thought, Lord, I am given, but it's not my sacrifice of praise. Lord, I'm giving you my time, <laughs> but it's not costing me anything. Lord, I'm giving you my, my skill set that you've given me, but it's, it's not costing me anything. Lord, I've, I've given you treasure, but it's, it's not costing me anything. And what the Lord calls us to do, church, is to be willing to sacrifice to him, is to be a generous generation that says, Lord, I'll give you what costs me because your life costs you. And even as that process, I wish it happened on one Sunday and I was like, I want to give because I wasn't like that, Right? It was, a, it was a long-term thing that the Lord began to work out in me. 
And then he began to speak to me about the church itself and, and why we give where we give, right? And there's a generation within the church, in the church we were in at the time, and I want to be specific about that, where we had a generation, and many of you are similar to this, they would have given to God their whole working lives. And then when they went on to their pension, they continued to give to the Lord what they felt he was calling them to. No pressure, grace. And I felt the Lord begin to say, Jordan, everything you see, generosity breathed this into existence. And you know where it began to came from? I was sitting down with a mentor one day, and I said to him quite cheekily, he's probably 50s, 60s, pastor of, of, of a well-going church. And I said to him, what is something my generation does well and it doesn't do well? And like that, he turned to me and he says, Jordan, your generation doesn't give. And you know when you're offended, you're like, oh! And then you're like, oh, he's right, right? Because I knew what my life was like at that stage. And I began to feel the Lord begin to speak to me about the church and say, Jordan, everything you see generosity has breathed that into existence, whether it's the carpet on the floor or the light in the ceiling, the generosity of the people of God, whether it's the, the, the funding of ministry, whether it's the, I mean, even if you think in our church and all what your generous giving does, it gives kids a free breakfast from our state on a Sunday morning, and then they come in and they hear about the love of God for them. It fuels our youth ministry and everything that that brings. It covers a range of different compassion and, and all these different things that, that our arms stretch out into the community. You think of the community hub, the community project, good, even Good Morning Carrick Fergus. You think of all these ministries that we have as a church. All of it comes from the generosity of your heart. I want to acknowledge that this morning. But God had to challenge me with that as a young man and say, Jordan, you and your generation, you've got to start stepping up. And I felt this thing on me, not from pressure, but from a place of grace where the Lord was saying, Jordan, it's your turn, son. And that was my journey, church, into what we call tithing where we began to sacrificially give. And you know what, church, see, initially, it was really difficult. And to be honest with you, I didn't like it, right? Because it meant I had to change in order to be generous. It meant that I had to shift my lifestyle in order to give to him. But you know what, church? <sighs> worth it now. He is so worth it. Having a generous heart toward the Lord and toward the people will release you in the blessing in ways, and I don't mean financially necessarily, by the way, but generally blessing over your life that just takes us to a new level of knowing God. Generosity is worth it. And the second thing the mentor said to me was this. Are you okay, by the way? Yeah? All good? You okay to share the story? Second thing the mentor said to me was this, and he looked me right in the eye and he says, Jordan, your generation's built nothing yet. And again, I went, oh, you're right. You know, I think I want to I speak to, to my generation this morning, if that's okay, and everybody else, you listen in. So let's call it 35 and below. Hope that covers everybody, right? But you know, folks, we, we haven't built anything yet. Everything we have in the kingdom of God is inherited. We did not build this building. We did not build that sports hall. We did not have the strength of generosity. We didn't build that. That was another generation. And I want to challenge us this morning. Look what the other generation, look what those who have gone before us sitting in this room this morning have built in the kingdom of God. What are we going to build?
what are we going to build? You think of the story of this church. Began, the work began in a builder's hut, then a chicken hut, then an orange hall because that was the only place that would take us. And then we have our property here in Oakfield Drive. But church, it was the generosity and the power of the Holy Ghost that drove the church forward. And I want to speak to my generation this morning. Do you know, statistically, they're saying we will be the least generous generation that the church has ever seen. I say we prove them wrong. I say we bring our tithe into the storehouse and that we bless the heart of God and we bless the heart of his people by giving extravagantly of our time, our talent, and our treasure. That we would go on and do the other generations proud. That we would be a generous generation. Next thing I want to talk about church and finally is the who of giving. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever ever heard the story from J. John, a canon John as he's, as he's also known. He tells this excellent story of a businessman going through the airport, right? And uh, he's, uh, he's carrying his bag through the airport and on the way through, he gets to the departure lines and he thinks to himself, ah, do you know what? I'm feeling a bit peckish. I'm going to get myself a bag. You know those bag of like mini donuts that you can get, right? So he gets himself a bag of mini donuts and he gets himself a coffee. And he's walking through the departure lines. He sits down. He thinks there's a free seat. There's only one guy facing. He thought, that'll give me a wee bit of space. So he sets his bag down. He opens his coffee and he takes a drink. Ah, right? And he's waiting for the plane to go. And then he opens his bag of donuts on the table and he lifts one right? Then the next thing is the guy facing him leans over the table and he takes a donut. And he's looking at him like, you have got to be joking me, right? He kind of looks at him like, okay. So then he takes one of his own donuts again and the guy nods and smiles and then he takes another donut. And the guy's going, I've met a psychopath, right? This donut thief. And this goes back and forth. He keeps lifting his donut, and then the stranger lifts another donut, and he's going, you know that you can't say anything to anybody, but you can give them the look, right? Those are my donuts, you donut thief. And the bag works all the way down to the bottom until there's one donut left, and the stranger gets up to go. He puts his hand into the donut bag, breaks the donut in half, gives him a half, and goes, there you go, and walks off. And the guy's going, I'm not touching that. I don't know where you've been. What cheek. And then the gate is called for his plane. And so he picks up his bag. He opens it and then pulls out his bag of donuts. <laughs> Turns out that the stranger wasn't stealing his donuts. He was sharing his donuts. And here's what I've learned in my own testimony, church, about giving and being generous in the house of God. Here's the thing. Do you know what the Lord said to me? Jordan, I own all the donuts. I own them all. And we all get donuts, most of us, monthly, weekly, whatever it might be. And the Lord would say to us, if we're believers, God's saying, it's all mine. And sometimes we can obsess of how much donuts belong to God and how much donuts belong to us. They're all his. They're heaven's donuts. He provided them whether we like it or not, right? And what I began to learn was this, that, that, that from being teaching growing up and from the Lord convicting me as a young man and my own testimony and giving, what he began to speak over my life was this. And again, this is my testimony. Jordan, if I give you 10 donuts, I want you to give one donut to me. And you do that by giving it to the house of God and the people of God for the building of the kingdom. 
But you know sometimes the problem is, church, when I give one of my 10 donuts to God, I'm going, Lord, I've only got nine left now, and I didn't need 10, I needed 12, right? We've all been there before, haven't we? Hard times we're in. But you know what I've discovered, church? The principle of that scripture. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 9. There was a wee scripture in the end I didn't read, and let's read it again. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will give generously, and God, sorry, will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. See, often we think our generosity is decreased. It's actually about increase. It's the economy of the kingdom of God. And so church, when I have my 10 donuts and God says, go on, Jordan, give a donut away. And I'm like, fine, right? And I give that donut back to God, to his people in the local church. And if I'm left with nine, and let me tell you, church, the story of my life, I have seen that scripture true again and again and again. Because even though I may only be left with nine donuts after giving to God, somehow the nine become 10 and the 10 becomes 11 and the 11 becomes the 12. And no matter what we give, God always matches the need. You cannot outgive God. And church, it takes us to a new depth of experience of him that I can say, Lord, I trust in your character enough that when I give to you, your word says you'll provide all I need. Let me tell you, church, it's an amazing trust exercise in giving to God, knowing he's gonna meet the need. I tell you many a time, and I know there's stories in this room as well, where even when we gave to God, he had our back just in time. When I was a student, leaving Stramalis, teaching college to go to Bible college, I didn't have a penny to my name, right? And I owed the college, I owed the college 300 quid. Didn't know where I was coming from to pay it, but they needed it in student fees. And just in time, an envelope came into my hand for the exact fee I needed. You cannot outgive God. Another time, Chloe and I, in the church we were in at the time, we were driving home and there was an offering on and, and I just, as we're driving, I, I felt the Lord just say to me, a figure in my head and I said, Look, Chloe, I, I feel like we, we need to give X amount to this. Don't know why, it's just what the Lord is saying. And she goes, okay, let's do it. And when I got home that day and I opened the front door, there was an envelope for that exact figure. See, church, and it doesn't always work like that. Wish it did, but it doesn't. But the principle is this. When we give God generously and we return to him, he meets all our needs and more. Every single time. You can trust in the character of God, church, for your life today. And then, you know, church, there's some of us, maybe we're in a position at the minute where, do you know what? We don't even need the nine donuts, right? We're, we're good on, on, on seven or eight donuts. As the Lord might say, okay, I've asked you to give me a donut. Now I want you to give an offering donut to the missions. Or want you to give to that charity, or want you to give to that friend or person who you know is struggling. And all of a sudden, church, when we begin to show a generous heart toward the Lord, we just start showing generous hearts to the other people. It just begins flowing from this place of sacrificial giving. And church, I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't underestimate your generosity toward the Lord. No matter how insignificant it seems, because it's always significant in the kingdom of God when it's sacrificial. Be willing, church, to step into generosity as a trust exercise in the Lord and say, Lord, I'll give what you've asked me to give and I know you're gonna make the need. Church, it's an amazing 
new dynamic of Christian living to say, Jesus, I trust you and I'll give it to you and you'll provide. Church, where might the Lord be asking you in your life? Because it will be different for each and every single one of us. Where might the Lord be asking you today to open a heart of generosity once again, that you might experience his blessing and his power in amazing ways? Would you stand with me? We're going to pray. Uh, worship team is going to come up. You know, church, we, 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 we weren't talking about things like, I know we touched on it this morning, like uh, tithes and offerings and, and stuff like that, but um, I, I heard a, an incredible story through the week. And you know what I was saying about grace earlier, that, that it's, we are not the peop- God's people of pressure, we're God's people of grace, right? I heard an, a, an amazing story through the week, and uh, there's a story of a pastor who was saying to me, yeah, Jordan, I, I had, had preached in generosity once, and um, as I was preaching on it, I think he was a wee bit, um, I think he would say himself, well, anyway, he was, he was speaking on it, and a, a couple approached him after the service, and they were absolutely brokenhearted, and they were like, Pastor, we, we, we feel like we're, we're in debt at the minute, we, we're just in a place where we feel like we can't give generously in the way that God is, is calling us to, and, and the pastor rightly said, look, don't be worrying about it, you give, just give generously with, with whatever God has given you. And don't let it put pressure on you. And later in their story, things seemed to go from bad to worse. She was made redundant and was given an 18,000 pound redundancy package. And a wee while later, next thing, the church gets this check for 1,800 pound. 10% of what was lost. And then a wee while later, the couple came to see the pastor and they said, you know, from that moment, we decided to give what we are convicted that Scripture tells us to give. And you know what? We don't know how, Pastor, but over time, our debt is gone. And we live better on 90 than we ever did with 100. Church, our God is faithful. He is good in your life this morning. And as my grand always used to say on the phone when I wasn't wanting to do my homework, you honor God, he'll honor you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, wherever our lives are this morning, would you encourage us to be the generous people of God? Lord, I thank you for the generosity of this house. Lord, for the, gener- for the generations represented in this room, God, who have built your kingdom faithfully. Lord, who have given sacrificially. And Lord, we honor that this morning in your people who have been so faithful to you, their faithful God. But Lord, we pray, would you rise up something within us, God, that drives us towards generosity, Father, generosity with our time, generosity with our talents and with our treasure. For Lord, you are worth the sacrifice. Lord God, your kingdom is worth building on the earth. Father, God, give us an eternal perspective and generosity. Lord, what is in our hands we cannot take, but Lord, what we give can last for eternity. And so Lord, we pray, Father, would you, would you open our hearts this morning? Would you encourage us? Lord, lift pressure off your people this morning. Be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, heavy burdens be gone in Jesus' name. And Father, may we wear grace today, Lord God. May we be grace-filled people that, Lord, we freely receive, that, Lord, we freely give. Father, convict us of those wee moments where you want us to be more generous. Lord, in those wee moments where maybe we, we want to rush on, but you want us to give more time. 
Lord, help us to be generous with our talents. The Lord, maybe we, we just want to get there somewhere, but, but Father, you've asked us to give our skill sets back to you. And Lord, the same with our treasure. Father, give us a burden, Lord, to build your house, to build your kingdom, that we would be the generous people of God, because Lord, you're so generous to us. And in Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. God bless you.